Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I'm coming on to, I'm going on Facebook Live anyway, as well as Blog Talk Radio Precious Predicament, where I am Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning and waking me up. I also want to say happy Labor Day to individuals, as today is supposed to be the last holiday of the summer. I just be glad when it's over with because it's hot and all outdoors right about now. So I want to get started with the show. Now, today's topic has to do with boundaries. Many of you may not even know what boundaries are or have ever even heard of the term. Some of you have heard of the term, but yet you struggle with implementing them or setting them. So if you struggle with telling other individuals no, Do you feel that others lack respect for you? Or is communication an issue in your relationship as it relates to how you see things, your perspective? And if that is the case, today's show is designed to discuss the different types of boundaries as well as provide information as to how to set boundaries and how to respect the boundaries of others. So if you want to learn it, I'm going to have to let this phone thing go because I'm holding it. Join myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as my cousin, Anthony Gordon, as we're going to be talking about this because boundaries are critical in any type of relationship because you have to let individuals know where you draw the line. Sometimes boundaries can be too rigid, meaning too strict. They can be too blurry to where they're not consistent, and individuals may feel that they're being taken for granted, but a person don't know if you're serious or not. But we want to teach you how to set clear boundaries. So, again, you can click on the link. If you're not available right now, you can click on the link at any time to listen to today's show or any of the other shows. So let me go Facebook Live so I can continue with the show. And if you do want to call in, Give us a call, 516-387-194, because I would love to hear your thoughts. So my cousin is clicking in. Let me lock him on. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Hello? Hello? How are you doing? I'm doing fine. And yourself? I am well. It's still hot up in this house and hot in Compton, period, but we're dealing with it. So today is topic is boundaries, and it was something that you kind of brought to my attention. So you want to tell the listeners who you are, because I got you on the radio show as well as Facebook Live. And you know, you got your music in the background. You got to turn your music off. All right. You got to cut that down. All right. So tell the listeners who you are. All right. Hello? Okay. Tell the listeners your name. First name, oh. nickname, first name, government <laughs> name, whatever name you want to give them. Give them. It'll be Mr. Gordon. Okay, Mr. Gordon. So, when we talk about boundaries, because you know you brought this subject up, and I said, and I always tell individuals, if you have something you want to talk about, you have something you want to discuss, let me know, because this is a platform for individuals to share information, learn information, gather information, and it puts it in a perspective to where it's fun, it's funny, it's entertaining, and hopefully it can help in your change your life or change your one's relationship. So when we talk about the term boundary, Mr. Gordon, what comes to your mind? Uh, space. So boundaries is like a form of space or a lane to me. So if you're and comfortability. So mm-hmm. if when somebody oversteps that comfortability zone or in area, it, it becomes uh, a boundary issue. And, and that could be from work, coworkers, uh, relationships you have outside, associate, or even in your mm-hmm. own relationships. Like there's certain boundaries that need to be put in place or communicated so that people's comfort zones or safe zones aren't violated. Mm-hmm. 
You know, Mr. Gordon, when I was for the show this morning, and I was looking, I like finding images, and I found an image, and the image had like a line, and it had a person with some shoes on, and it was a line like, don't cross this line. And I find that to be interesting because a lot of times individuals really don't get it, or they will think, like, I'll give you an example. I'm watching Tisha set boundaries with Ryder. Ryder want to do things his way. So it's no matter what you say, he's going to cross the line, he's going to tempt you, he's going to test you. And a lot of times that kind of started in childhood. But then when you think you're dealing with adults, you would think that it should be a little different. Because as you indicated, there are different types of boundaries. And I like how you said, like, give me my space or giving another person space. But sometimes it's just even as simple as the word no, if someone wants you to do something, just saying just right. no. Okay? Now, I want to mm. give the listeners some information in regards to boundaries. Because one of the things that I learned when I was putting this, getting this information is there's different types of boundaries and there are difficulties that can arise from boundaries. We have what's called physical boundaries, we have personal, we have emotional, we have boundaries with our time, we have boundaries with sexual boundaries, intellectual boundaries, and material boundaries, meaning with me, don't touch my food. So <laughs> that's also a boundary. Right. <laughs> but a lot of times individuals, I don't know what it is, why it is, why do you think sometimes individuals may struggle with, let's say, being on the other end of the boundary. Uh, I believe people struggle with, with boundaries, and I feel like it, it might be a part of control. Like if you're able to control a situation or be in charge of a situation, you can handle it a little better. And if you kind of don't worry about the other's feelings because you're actually satisfied with knowing, hey, I'm in control and I have this, so I could be in any boundaries that I want because it makes me feel better. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. I'm going to tell you because I'm reading something right here, and it's coming from Awakened Esthesiology, and it talks about, and there's a person by the name of Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend, and they wrote a book. And it gives the reality, practical advice around boundaries. And they've sold over 2 million copies, but this is what they indicate. And unless individuals are very religious, you probably find biblical quotes and references that intercede through every page. But what they talk about is boundary problems are not just the inability to say no. They indicate that boundary problems, the way they see it, is pretty likely that they attract others who have boundary problems too. Meaning it's like you're going to run into that person. It's like when you say, you know what, I know today this is going to happen or I know, and we keep on talking up and it will happen. But they describe boundary issues using four descriptions. One, the compliance. That means that the compliant person is always saying yes when they really don't want to say yes, but they just be compliant. The other one is the avoidance saying no all the time or just trying to avoid certain situations. Then you have the controller, which is not respecting others' boundaries, and the non-responsive, meaning not hearing the needs of another. Now, when I just named those four different ones because you indicated the controller of the one that's not respecting others' boundaries, what are your, what are your hmm. thoughts in regards to that? I feel like I feel like it's unhealthy for a person it's to have unhealthy. that kind of control issues. Like what? And, and I feel like a lot of us try to search and help people that have control issues or or want to understand them to understand like, hey how can we get beyond this or how can we get to a point where you don't have to 
feel control to be loved or you don't have to feel uh feel like controlling is not gonna fulfill what what you necessarily need at the moment. Gotcha. Let me give you some information because I hear what you're saying in regards to control the controller because sometimes individuals they connect it and they think it's a person being narcissistic and it's really not. It's a lot of underlying issues up under that. So I want to first start with the compliant one, meaning that sometimes you'll have a person that always just say yes. And as a child, if a child, you were taught that it wasn't okay to say no, or you learned it was bad to say no to things, or you're going to disappoint others in doing so, that can create problems later in life. Because a lot of things start as a child. You know, like I was talking about with Mr. my grandson, and we were trying to initiate and set boundaries with him. He tests the limits. He tried to do what he wanted to do, and that's a problem. Now, many individuals, especially parents, find stages where children go through finding the power of no fairly taxing, and these are some of the things they learn. No, I disagree. I don't want to do that. Stop that or it hurts. But someone who hasn't learned to say no can become quite what they call a chameleon and adapting themselves to certain behaviors. And the behaviors are unhealthy and can be abusive. If you're in a compliant pattern, you're likely to find it hard to say no due to fear of hurting someone else's feelings, fear of abandonment, fear of someone else's anger or punishment, fear of being shamed or seen as bad, and feelings of guilt when putting yourself first. So when you're dealing with a controller, sometimes individuals will jump into what's called the compliant or the avoidant role because they don't understand how to deal with the compliant, with the controller. And one of the things is you cannot fix people. So that's first and foremost. When we're talking about the controller, which is what you brought up, and setting boundaries, a controller finds it difficult to accept someone's boundary or someone else's limits. They resist taking control for their own lives, so they need to control others. A controller can't hear no and tend to project responsibilities for their lives onto others. To a controller, no is simply a challenge to change the other person's mind. So that means if you tell me no and I'm a controller, I don't like no. So I'm going to do my best to try to get you to either come around, see things my way, change your mind, and you may have already said, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. This is bothering me. So some kind of way you got to meet in the middle because controllers can be more overtly aggressive or control in a manipulative fashion using guilt, persuasion, persistence, or other means to break down boundaries that other people set. So my question is, let's say you're in a work relationship and you find uh-huh. your boss is quite controlling. How would you handle that? Uh, repeat the question one more time. Let's say you're in a work relationship and your boss is quite mm-hmm. controlling. How can you handle that? Oh. Because sometimes we look at control as authority. We look at control as the person supposed to be in charge. So let's start first with a work relationship. How would you deal with a controlling boss? The mindset is different for work because at the end of the day, that's your income or, or your uh, the way that you provide or, or provide. So mm-hmm. you the approach, this is my boss. He's asking me to do this. I feel like it's a little controlling. But at the same time, he's the boss. So you have a different acceptance for it versus a, a relationship where it's not about your income or, or, or your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now, it's interesting because when you talk about even with a boss, now me being a licensed therapist, a lot of times I work with individuals that have work-related issues. And sometimes individuals may not understand other people's personality type. Because you can get the whiner, the complainer, the controlling person. So a lot of times, even if I'm in a work environment and I find that my boss is quite controlling, 
I'll try to find a way to communicate. Because remember, communication is vital and it's key. I'll find a way, first, not to take it personal. Secondly, to let my boss that I am not okay with something. So if my boss starts trying to challenging me with trying to be fired and all this other kind of stuff, then I'll know that my boss right. has some personal issues and some control issues that maybe they feel they can't control things at home. So now they're trying to bring things to their workplace. We find that with police right. officers. We find that with people in politics. We find it in a lot of different places because it's something that they can't deal with because even with that, you still see their insecurities. You still see their abandonment issues. You still see all of it because there should be no need to want to control another person, especially if it's about power or if it's unnecessary. Now, mm. I hear what you said in a relationship or in a marriage where things should be a little different and you should be able to communicate with your partner about boundaries. But there are some issues to where, like you said, they can't collide. So if it's work is one thing, home is another, how would you proceed or how would you think the boundaries should be at home? And then we're going to share some more of this information. I feel like home should be a a safe spot and, and a safe zone for in a relationship. So if you're in a relationship or a marriage and within that home, it should be lines of communication where it could be, Hey, you made me feel this way. And, uh, some form of accepting it, accepting, Hey, I'm not perfect. I I have problems at work. I have issues. And some days I come home and I'm not the happiest person when I come home, but I need to be able to, live in that sometimes to be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. Does that make for a comfortable situation at home? No, because when I come home and my wife is expecting me to be happy to see her because I haven't seen her in a long time, but I've been stressed out behind work and I'm trying not to carry that into the home. Sometimes it's let me get a second to decompress. Let me try to get this out. And then once I'm able to get that out, let me communicate my day with you so you can understand what I'm going through. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't come across in a manner where it's safe, it, it, it'll it turn into an argument or it'll turn into a different situation. Mm-hmm. So boundaries to me in that situation need to be in place to be able to have safe spaces or make room for an area for talking growth during mm-hmm. times that, uh, of that matter. Gotcha. And, you know, and that's important that you said that because a lot of times individuals go through certain things, especially when you're talking about transitioning from one setting to another setting or if a person's been away all day or they can be excited to see you, but then you're trying to adapt to a certain mindset. Like I said, then we're dealing with a four-year-old that when we talk about boundaries, he gonna question everything, and if you know, and right. he'll change, try to change your mood. But the one thing for sure is awareness. Awareness is key because awareness is the first step that quite often we can start to make changes through simply being aware of the patterns that we see. Meaning, when we start seeing that, you know, I, I'm noticing my mood is a little different, or I'm noticing that when a person says something, it's starting to irritate me, or I'm noticing that certain sounds, certain smells, certain tastes, whatever the case may be, one should be okay with saying, I'm feeling a certain kind of way, and being allowed to feel that, but doesn't mean that they've got to be stuck there. A lot of times in a relationship, people are trying to fix the situation. And you really can't fix a situation because some people just got to go through. They got to process those emotions. And some of those emotions have a lot to do with just emotional maturity. Now, in kids, yeah, we get it. In kids, we have to be consistent. In kids, we have to be clear. But it's, it's a challenge when you're dealing with adults because you don't think that or you think that adults should already know, I need some space right now. I'm not in a good mood right now. I'm feeling a certain way, and they will allow you that time. But the first thing an adult will say was, what's wrong? You might not even want to talk about it right now. Or why do you feel that way? You might not even know exactly why without saying because someone not having a clear concept of I feel this way because 
uh, it may not even be time to engage in that conversation. Right. Now, I brought up something earlier, and I was talking about the different types when we talk about boundaries being rigid, meaning you learn boundaries, like I said, it started at the home as a child, you see it in school, you know, when you're going to church, when you're out in the community or in public, we see that boundaries in most cases are implemented. Now, if boundaries are really, really strict. They, they, it, the problem is with rigid boundaries, these are strict and do not change. You might not know why these rules are rules, but you know that you have to follow them. So that's kind of like we learned what we learned in parenting, where most people would be afraid of their parents versus having an understanding of why they couldn't do what they were supposed to do. Now, when boundaries are fuzzy, these are rules that aren't really rules at all. A fuzzy boundary might be one to say that anything goes or that it might not be a rule that's this day, but you could, today it might be one rule, tomorrow you might strictly ignore it, and people get confused. But when you're clear, you understand, and clear boundaries can change too. But some things that were out of bounds when you were younger might be okay now or vice versa. Now, let's talk about, when we talk about boundaries, what are some of the biggest things that you could say that you may, not only say you personal, but you may have heard other individuals say was an issue for them with a boundary? I mean, I've had individuals that talk to me and they're, they're like, they try to avoid overstepping certain boundaries and tend to get put into them by accident from their mate or their their significant other. Whereas, I mean, for example, uh, a person can ask your opinion, and you go to answer, you know, the question. First of all, you're like, uh, I don't want, I don't want to have an opinion on that. Like, okay, uh, what what color dress looks better, this red one or this blue one? Well, whatever you decide to wear, that's going to be the best one. No, I want you to make a choice. I want to hear your opinion. You give them your opinion, and then they go with the opposite of it, and it's almost like, whoa, why did you even ask that of me? I didn't want to be involved with it. But you put me you put me in that mm-hmm. space, and now I feel a certain way about it because I didn't want to go across that area or into that zone with you. You put me in it, and now you t- – telling me like your thoughts is Mm -hmm. significant you understand that i do you know i have a co-therapist she used to say when i would go to her because she was very clear with her boundaries and she would say do you want me to listen or do you want me to speak so she would give me the the choice of saying whether i wanted her to just hear me out or if i wanted her to give me her thoughts on that and sometimes you got to let that person know because sometimes you start talking about advice. Some people don't want your advice. Some people just want you to listen. And when right. you start talking about that with a male and a female, sometimes people get caught up in those trick situations. Uh, the main one was, mm-hmm. do I look fat in this dress? You know good and well that dress too small for you. You know, <laughs> But if you say right. something like that, now you done just messed up the whole mood for the whole day. But you asked me a question. So, right. Sometimes when we start talking about opinion, everyone has an opinion or a suggestion. I was telling a person not too long ago, they were talking about um, individuals being constructive criticism. And I said, well, the criticize is not always good. You can't, some people you can't build back up when you break them down. Now, I want to share right. some information with the listeners. And this is coming from a road to growth counseling.com and they talk about emotional boundaries in relationships, which is pretty much what you're talking about. Because with emotional boundaries, setting good personal boundaries, first of all, we know it's critical to creating healthy relationships. Because some individuals do not know the difference between a healthy relationship versus an unhealthy relationship. And part of the reason why is because of boundary issues. Now, with, we start talking about creating healthy relationships, increasing self-esteem, and reducing stress, anxiety, depression. Boundaries protect your personal self by setting a clear line between 
what is me and what is not me. Because a lack of boundaries open the doors for others to determine your thoughts, your feelings, and your needs. And that kind of goes back to what you were talking about with the controlling. Now, defining boundaries is a process of determining what behaviors you will accept and what you won't accept. Boundaries include physical boundaries as well as emotional boundaries. Physical boundaries include your body, your personal space, and your privacy. Violations can include standing too close, inappropriate touching, even looking through your personal stuff. But emotional boundaries involve separating your feelings from another one's feelings. And violations include taking responsibilities for another's feelings, letting another's feelings dictate your own, sacrificing your own needs to please another, and blaming others for your problems and accepting responsibilities for yours. Now, I know, Mr. G, Mr. Gordon, that was a lot of information that I just said, Uh but what did you think about what I just put out there? I think it is. I think think a lot of people need to be able to take ownership and, and be able to say, hey, no, I need to... I need to make sure that I'm healthy or I need to have a relationship with myself to be able to understand that. Only only thing to me is I feel like if you can emotionally disconnect so that you're able to heal yourself or come in tune with yourself, how does that make the other person feel? Because now if you care about a person or if you uh, you have a desire to make sure that they're okay and healthy and you emotionally disconnect and cut your emotions off, that's not putting them on an island by themselves. You and in a relationship. Huh? I want to share something. I'm going to give you this tad bit of information when you said that. When an individual thinks that another person has emotionally disconnected or shut themselves off, a lot of times they close themselves off because they don't want more information or more stuff coming out. Now, sometimes they may do it and shut down as a way of they, they get stuck, and sometimes they don't may not know what to do with that feeling or their emotion. So it's best to say nothing than to open up Pandora's box and more stuff come out because people got a lot of stuff sometimes that they may be dealing with, going through, or something may have triggered something. So you really don't disconnect from your emotions. You One may just have difficulties struggling with how they're feeling right now because feelings can change. Because feelings can lead to, well, first of all, how you think, how you feel, and how you act. So that's where individuals have to be very, very careful and be aware of that. Because when you start emission and and putting your feelings onto other people, they don't know how to, to handle that. And when one starts sacrificing their own needs to please another, that can lead to resentment and anger and strife. And sometimes they don't even under, they don't even know that. And then when it starts, then it goes into blaming, and people get into the blame game. But strong boundaries protect yourself. Your self-esteem, your identity as an individual, by giving you the right to make your own choices, and that don't mean you disrespect the other person. Because one should not disrespect. But if you know that there's some things that you just can't deal with, or is bothering you, and you bring it to the other person's attention, you want to do it in a way to make sure that the other person know that you're not meaning them no harm when you're bringing it to their attention, because sometimes that can create a whole other can of worms. Any comments hmm. in regards to that? Okay. You didn't respond to that one. Let me share some more information with you, Mr. Gordon. Boundaries. I'm back. Okay. Uh-huh. Boundaries are our own invisible force field, and you're in charge of protecting your boundaries. You are. Meaning, as important as this may sound, many of us have difficulty setting healthy boundaries and being consistent with it. Because at times, it can be difficult to identify when your boundaries are being crossed. 
Because sometimes when it's being crossed, it's like, did you just disrespect me in front of my friends? Or did you just treat me like I'm a child? Or did you, you just made me feel some kind of way that just brought up a thought that I may have experienced before? And the problem is when those things come about, we may fear the consequences of our relationship or it can, it can scare us. So before you disappeared, I was talking about how when we, um, when we start resenting individuals or sacrificing our own needs and blaming others for our problem, how that can become a problem in a relationship because the other person don't know what to do with that. They stuck. And I had shared that when we talk about disconnect, individuals really don't just disconnect. They just don't know they get stuck in that place for a moment or they try not to let more stuff out. But they don't really disconnect. Okay. So part of it is processing it. Part of it is, like you said, feeling safe. Part of it is being able to to work on your own stuff because a lot of times individuals, and I see it a lot, a lot of times unhealthy people will connect with either an unhealthy person or, and then that becomes toxic, or if one is healthy and the other one is unhealthy, if they're trying to get the other person to become healthy, they may struggle with what that other person, it may take for that other person to come along. And that patience, that patience can be worn very thin, which is one of the things that we say lead to boundary issues. But you want to make sure that individuals, like I said, is is comfortable, but not complacent. You want to make sure that individuals are teachable and coachable, and that they're not being controlled. But you do want to make sure that everybody is feeling safe and that individuals know how to implement emotional maturity. Now, if there's anyone listening to the show, if they have any questions, you can give us a call at 516-387-1914. So, Anthony, I have a question. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about not only just in a marriage, in a relationship, what about setting, relations, setting boundaries with adult children? That's another issue, too. I mean, I feel like sometimes adult children may feel a sense of entitlement. And Mm -hmm. because they're accustomed to or all they've known is uh, mom or dad taking care of me, they're going to always be this person, the, the want or the desire to take on more responsibility, it becomes, you know, becomes an issue. It, it's, uh-huh. I don't want to take on any more responsibilities because if I take them on, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. And if I step out of my comfort zone, I'm no longer going to be in, in my safe spot. Uh-huh. But you know, it's interesting. Tisha gave me this article, and I talked about it on the show one time, and it talked about 13 ways we parents hurt their children thinking that they're helping their children. And I looked at it, and I didn't take offense because by doing radio, by being a therapist, I know I didn't, I know I'm not perfect, far from it. I know I made a lot of mistakes, but I'm aware. And she still brings things to my attention to make me aware of certain things. And one of the things that I learned is when you're parenting adults, it's a difficult because you see them in your mindset. You still see them as children, and they're not children. And one of the things we do is we enable and we handicap them. We just had a guy just leave just now, and I know that, you know, when you're talking about living with adult kids, I, could be, I don't want to live with adult kids. I, I don't. But even now, Tisha and I, we have to make certain decisions to take care of things. And the man came and gave us an estimate on removing the tree, the tree branches and stuff. He said $500. So I try to tag team individuals by me not making all the decisions, but bringing Tisha in to get her input 
because teacher kind of look more intimidating than I do, and I don't do well when it comes to money stuff and negotiating things. So teacher looking at me, but she she, she didn't do it in front of the man, because normally she'll be like, in other words, that's your issue. That's You got to figure it out. But I like how we work together as a team by not trying to cross each other's boundaries. But at the end of the day, she'll tell me, well, you know that's your decision. You know you got to make that decision. But I try to prepare her so that if I drop dead tomorrow, you go have to make all these decisions, what you go do. Because if I enable her and if I do everything for her, she wouldn't know or she'll be stuck. And that's one of the issues that many adults have with adult children is that emptiness syndrome is one. And number two, we don't want them to fail, but if they don't learn, we're doing them a disservice. Correct. Now, I want to give some information in regards, and this is talking about 10 ways to build and preserve boundaries or better boundaries. One, no matter what it is you got going on, no matter what the topic of discussion is, name your limit. If something is bothering you, don't hold on to it. Because when you hold on to it, it will fester into something else. And sometimes people don't know what the heck is going on. So either you you left, you want a divorce, you, you're not speaking to the person anymore, you're not distance yourself. And they're stuck like, well, you didn't say anything. How was I supposed to know? And I can say I see that a lot, especially being a therapist and working with individuals to make to help them reconcile their relationships. That's a big issue. A lot of times individuals have difficulties with naming their limits. And you cannot set good boundaries if you're unsure of where you stand. So you have to identify your physical, emotional, mental, spiritual limits. That is very important because those feelings help individuals identify what their limits are. Now, I'm going to ask you, Mr. Gordon, how do you know when you need to set a limit or you get to your breaking point where this is really bothering you? Because I know how I am with Ryder, riot, and I'll be like, leave me alone, or I'll say stop, and he won't stop. How do you know when you get into that, that point where you need to name what your limit is? Uh I shut down. I I, mm. I know me personally. Once I get to my limit, I'm gonna shut down because I need to gather myself, or I need to I need to process everything that's going on that's making me feel a certain way, so that I can understand it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I typically stop and shut down for a minute, and I put myself in my own space so that mm-hmm. I can process. If that means mm-hmm. I gotta go take a long walk, I go take a walk. I gotta go get on a treadmill and, and think about something. I'm gonna think about it. Mhm. And that's what I was but telling you earlier when we were talking about distancing themselves, or and I told you that sometimes individuals don't want to make it worse. So that's part of the reason, one of the things that they do. And another thing, which is number two, you spoke on that a little bit. You gotta tune into your feelings. One of the things that they indicated and they observed is two key feelings in others. you got to know what your red flags are. Because when you start feeling one discomfort or resentment, or if another one start, a person starts getting angry about something, you know then this is a boundary issue. Another thing they say is you got to be direct. When with some individuals maintaining healthy boundaries, doesn't require a direct or clear-cut dialogue, usually in some cases it's kind of similar in their communication style. you got to know their personality style and their approach to life where you don't want a person to take it personally, but you have to be direct. Now, let's talk about being direct in two different scenarios. Let's talk about, well, starting with just not too different because there's quite a few, but let's talk about being direct with, with smaller children. How are you direct with smaller children? Because I've heard it say that men handle situations with boundaries with children different than women. How a lot of times children don't respect women, but then most children will know my mama will kick my butt or my mama will do this. But what is your input on that in regards to being direct as far as with children? 
well, I'm very direct with ch- children. I mean, if I, I say stop, that means stop. Uh, I might start off a little more tender or, or, or gentle from the beginning. And if the action continues, I'm going to be a little more stern. And then after that, it's, it's going to be, hey, I said this, and now you need to listen. I'm, I'm going to be very mm-hmm. direct. Okay. Now, what about, what a, well, let's say a teenager? Because a lot of times individuals have difficulties with teenagers. Would you utilize the same um, tool? I would probably use life lessons or tools to help them come to that conclusion. Like, you, with a teenager, I would, because they feel like they're growing or they're older, they're not a little kid, you try to give them the tools to come to the to the right answer and, and let them come up with it on their own somewhat, but still guide them or nudge them. And then when they don't see it or they're not getting a point, then you have to be very, very direct and be like, hey, no, I need you to follow this. I need you to make sure if you're out with your friends and you get stopped by the police that you follow these certain rules. I need for you to understand this and get this. Mhm. Now, what about if you're dealing with a young adult about being direct? Because we focus on on being direct because a lot of individuals struggle with being direct. I would say, even with young adults, you could be very direct because they're supposed to be young adults. And mm-hmm. If you're acting like an adult or uh, carrying yourself as an adult, then you should be able to not sugarcoat anything with them and be real direct with them and tell them like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't right. You need to get this, get this together. Mm-hmm. Now, what about in a relationship? If you're dating or married to someone, how do you become direct in that aspect? Because sometimes people think it personal. As far as relationships and being direct, I think, mm-hmm. I think sometimes you got to choose your battles, especially in a marriage. So if it's not worth arguing about or fussing about, but you feel a certain way, I would bring it up in a safe a safe zone or a safe area instead of maybe I didn't process what I'm going to say and I say it, and I, I say it very direct, but I put no filter in it that individual mm-hmm. might feel a certain way and now it's an argument that, or, or a debate that ensues instead of me just talking about my feelings now we've got other emotions and other feelings involved with it mm-hmm. so sometimes you gotta be indirect to be direct uh-huh. if that makes but, but that's not good you know what I just saw funny how it switched from if it's a kid if it's a teen, if it's a young adult, but now if it's in a relationship, because you still have a relationship with the kid, the teen, and the young adult, but now it's gotten to a point where we're in a relationship, it kind of goes back to my co-therapist used to say, well, I might be a little bit too close to that, or I got to choose my battles, but if I'm talking to a child, I'm setting this boundary, but I know this person is a child. But if I'm talking to a person that I love, I care about, I'm dating, I'm married to, I'm walking and I'm being indirect, but I'm not being direct. However, if you don't have to be direct and be to the point to where you're being too stern, too disrespectful, but by being direct, you say what you mean, you mean what you say. It kind of goes back to the next one in regards to you have to give yourself permission. Because when we give ourselves permission, the fears, the guilt, the self-doubt are big potential pitfalls. And that's when that's when we run into problems with boundaries, especially when we're in dating or relational issues with other people. We don't give ourselves permission. We dance and we walk around it. Because you do choose your battles, but if it's a boundary that needs to be implemented and you don't implement it, it you as one will internalize it. Did that make sense? Makes sense. 
And that's because it's a learned behavior. We've learned that by the way we communicate with individuals. Because one would think that being direct would be you're disciplining me, you're telling me what to do, and that's not the case. That means I'm not going to beat around a bush. I'm not going to be indirect. I'm going to say to a person what this is or what when this is happening, it bothers me. It makes me feel a certain way. I'll give you I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I remember in my last marriage, my last husband had a big issue with my last name. And I mean a big issue. For years he held on to the fact that when we were at Carlton's wedding, a person we were introducing ourselves and I introduced myself as Jeanette Abbey. That man was so mad at me and didn't want to speak to me. Now, I'm used to saying Jeanette Abney. He felt disrespected because I didn't say my name is Jeanette Lewis. I didn't think it was a big deal. And I didn't do it on purpose to piss him off. I'm just used to saying Jeanette Abney. But that was one of his pet peeves. He had a serious issue with that. So if he was to have been indirect or whatever the case, we wouldn't have never got to the root of how that made him feel. But even when I shared, in no way was I trying to make it seem like I didn't know you or I'm not married to you or I'm not. They asked me my name. I just said Jeanette Abbey. So do you see how sometimes things can kind of get blown so out of proportion? It can, but you, you take it for, like, for example, uh, a lot of men try to be open or be direct and say certain things, and the reaction to them being direct or said becomes a little excitable. The response mm-hmm. back becomes excitable. It makes people not want to talk or not be as open because it, it's not a the feeling that comes from that excitement for the or the reaction is it, not warranted. Like if you want to have an open discussion and you want to want to keep the lines of communication open, but yet you're your mindset is, is more confrontational once that truthfulness is, is shared. Correct. Well, that, that brings up what we were talking about before, the fear. It's the fear. Now, when we start talking about, even not just with boundaries, we have to practice what's called self-awareness. Because boundaries are all, it's more about honoring how we feel but also where we draw the line with certain things. And we also have to consider our past as well as our present, meaning how individuals are raised along with their role in their family can become an additional obstacle in setting boundaries, preserving boundaries, because if you are used to being the, hair, the, the, the caretaker or the person in charge, sometimes individuals don't like giving up that role. And that could be an issue. And they may feel that somebody else is stepping on their toe. And then that, that may not be the case. So when we start talking about these things and we start talking about boundaries, we also got to remember self-care. I know, Ryder. Open the door, Ryder. Ryder? Sorry, I want to open the door to tell me Mr. Tony here. Mr. Tony here. Mr. Tony here. Ask Mr. Tony, do you want to join me on the radio? You know you don't. Mr. Tony, can you tell me what you think about boundaries and being assertive? You know what? Okay, Mr. Tony don't want to join us. Okay, another thing we're talking about is being assertive. And when we start talking about being assertive, a lot of individuals kind of confused because you're asserting yourself. And what I'm looking at, and it talks about, of course, we all know that it's not enough to create boundaries. We actually have to follow through. 
And by being assertive, that's one of the ways that we follow through. But we follow through in a respectful way to let the other person know that something is bothering us and that we want to address it. And one of the things I want to say, Mr. Gordon, is when we start addressing these boundaries, especially with other adults, we got to start small. Why do you think it's important to start small as you are assertively addressing or setting boundaries in a relationship with someone by starting small? We would want to start small because I feel like overloading somebody, it could be information overload. Like Mm -hmm. when you're talking to an individual and you just lay out all your problems at once, you're not giving that person time to process it. And they probably stop listening to you after complaint number two because they feel like, well, this is too much. This isn't what, what I was expecting. And now you gave me a whole lot. And I'm not sure if I'm willing to take that on my plate. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you know what? Another thing is interesting how you said that because not over is it overwhelming. It gives the person maybe a false perception of the other person, too. Because they don't know where this other person is. And like you said, the other person got to realize, I can't fix this. I can't do nothing with this. And you have to start small because like any new skills, assertively communicating your boundaries takes practice. Because you don't want to make it seem like you're intimidating the other person. You don't want to try them to challenge you. But you want to start taking baby steps so that you can start working on that. And you can also grow together. Because it is doable. It's, it's very doable. But then you also have to know when individuals are, let's say, not taking you seriously or they just don't care, you know, then you got to realize and you got to sit back and think, well, what am I going to do with this? Now, I want to share with some list of listeners, and this is just coming from um, Site Central, and they talked about 15 signs of weak boundaries and four hints to help identify if they're being violated. Because a person don't want to be backed in the corner. A person don't want to feel like they're being taken advantage of. Being on overload is, is too much. It's, it's just way too much. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with emotional maturity. And we know that we talk about um, personal boundaries, kind of know what those things are, and the boundaries are mental, emotional, and physical limits to how others can treat you or behave around you and what they can expect from you, because that's very important. Because not only do boundaries defend us from being violated by others, they help us to clearly distinguish who we are and what we need from other people. We know that boundaries are vital for our healthy self-respect and self-worth, and enforcing healthy boundaries allows us to clearly voice our truth and communicate our needs and it gives us the space we need to show up as our very best. Now, Mr. Gordon, that's important because without those things, it's going to be a problem. Now, I want to give, I want you to first say some signs of some weak boundaries, and then I want to go over some of the things that I'm looking at. Because I think what happens, and this is just my own personal opinion, Sometimes when individuals view boundaries as weak or we see weak boundaries, some people interpret it as if, are you taking me for being a weak person? Are you taking me for granted? That may not be the case, but that may be how a person feels and their perceptions when their boundaries are not being adhered to, meaning so you just go do what you want to do. And that's where, like when we're talking, when we're talking about setting boundaries with kids, it's different because there's consequences and we can enforce them. When we're dealing with teenagers, we try to put restrictions. Young adults, we'll say, you know what, you grow and live on your own. But when we're married or we're in a relationship, then we got this choice of, okay, what am I going to do with this? I love this person. I want to be with this person. However, this person may not see me for who I am. And a lot of times individuals feel like they're taking advantage or people have been taken for granted. So what are some things or signs that you would like to, or you know of, that should be considered as weak boundaries? Hmm. That's, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure how to answer that. 
Let me, okay, so let's, let me give you some, and then we'll elaborate on them. You don't speak up even when you are treated badly. Meaning, you know you just was disrespected, and you don't even say nothing. That's a sign. You give away too much of your time and your energy when you know you don't even want to. You feel underappreciated and take it for granted. You say yes when you really want to say no. You feel guilty for doing something for yourself. You constantly make sacrifices for others at your own expense. You repeatedly find yourself in unhealthy, one-sided relationships. You believe you must always put others before you to earn a place in their life. You overshare details about your life, even with strangers. You frequently melt into the people you like or admire and adapt their preferences and personalities. That's just to name a few. I don't want to keep putting you on overload, but what do you, what do you think about some of the things that I just read off? Like those are things that if we, if I was to feel more, I got to that point. I'm going to express it because it's unhealthy to, to be in that mindset or that mind frame. Yes, it is. It is. That's a problem because that means that the boundaries are a problem. You've been putting everyone else before you that you don't even know what you want or what you even need anymore. You allow others to touch you even when you feel uncomfortable. You are passive aggressive. You always feel like the victim or you have a hard time making a decision. And this is what it says. It says, if you identify with some of these, don't feel bad that they've been able to check off all of the above in the past. Meaning, they had to learn the benefits of establishing and defending strong boundaries, meaning that you'll be able to say no without guilt. You'll have more mental, I mean, more emotional, mental, and physical energy. You'll feel an increased sense of controlling your life. You'll be able to speak up with conviction. You'll feel more appreciated and valued. You'll be able to take time for self-care without guilt. You will, your self-esteem and self-worth will increase. You'll experience emotional and mental balance and fulfillment, and you'll attract mentally, emotionally supportive people, and you'll become compassionate of your own needs, and you're gaining inner strength. That right there, Mr. Gordon, I'm like, wow. And you know the sad part about it is? Individuals get stuck because they don't know or they don't want to hurt the other person. Even with children. Now, we only have a few minutes left on the show. What is it that, because we talked about something in regards to the importance of boundaries. We talked about that you have the right to your boundaries. Your thoughts, feelings, meanings are just as important as anyone else. You also have to examine your own things. You have to learn to say no. And you have to recognize when people cross the line. We have to stop over committing. And we have to learn how to end toxic relationships. And a toxic relationship could be with family members. It could be with bosses. It doesn't mean you have to take and put the person out of your life. But you got to end that toxicity by creating healthy boundaries and finding a way to where if, if, if it's working, what's the value? If it's not working, you do have to leave alone. But, Mr. Gordon, what do you want the listeners to know at the end of this, as we're ending this show? Uh, that, that's just been really informative, and I feel like boundaries, everybody needs to search and, and find out what their boundaries and their breaking points are and really get back to loving themselves and knowing themselves. Correct. And that is important because self-care is very important because if you're constantly putting yourself on the back burner, like I said, it can lead to strife, anger, resentment, and you lose who you are 
in another person. And you have to sometimes help people. Or I like to get this. Sometimes you got to teach people how to treat you. And that's not in a mean way. You have to let people know where you stand. You got to say what you mean. You got to mean what you say. So, cousin, I want to thank you for joining me on the show today. And thank you for bringing up this topic and any other topic you would like to address. I appreciate that. Hopefully, individuals have learned from this topic. And I want you to enjoy your Labor Day as this is the last holiday of the summer. And again, if you are in a relationship where you feel that your boundaries are being crossed, you feel that you're being underappreciated or taken in granted for, is that granted for? You got to remember, you play a role in that shift. If you don't say anything or do anything, it's not going to change. And the only person you can change is you. Become aware. Address some of the inner feelings that you're having. Speak to the other person in a healthy dialogue by also being respectful by using I statements, not you statements, and blaming individuals for how you feel and try to work together. Because you cannot change what you do not acknowledge. So again, thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicament. And I don't know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. I will figure it out. Anthony, can you give me a topic for two, for tomorrow? That's when I do my show from the pulpit to the couch. Because I'm looking oh, wow. at all these depths, I'm looking at all these griefs, and I'm looking at, and I'm like, give me, give me a biblical topic for tomorrow, Anthony. I'll call you a little later, cousin. Good morning. All right. Sounds good. I'll go for that one. All right. So thank you for joining us here at Predicament. And until the next show, remember, you got this. Bye-bye. <laughs>